You're listening to the Investing.com's Weekly Crypto Podcast with your host, Clément Thibault. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cryptoc. I'm Clément Thibault, your host, and today it's a very special episode that comes to you from South Korea, where I'll be speaking on the real-life applications of blockchain technology at the Korea Blockchain Expo in a couple of days. Uh, very excited to be here, very excited to do this. But uh, let's get on to the news today. So today we're going to talk a little bit more about stable coins because they're still in the, very much in the news with everything that's going on with Tether. Uh, we're going to talk about Fidelity launching a new crypto custody and institutional brokerage offering. We're going to talk about Coinbase, Coinbase listing uh, ZRX and we're going to talk about why some people are critical of the move. And we're going to talk about how the SEC is trying to make trying to take steps to make it easier for entrepreneurs to come and talk to them, which is a very, very welcome step in, in the cryptocurrency ecosystem. All right. So these are the topics on today's plate. And uh, let's dig in. And just as a quick reminder, uh, this podcast is meant for everyone who's interested in cryptocurrencies, but doesn't necessarily have the time to follow it on a daily basis. So this is our try to give the week's most important news in, in bite-sized chunks that you can digest pretty easily with explanations. So if you find yourself, uh, if that defines you and you are interested but don't have the time or don't really want to follow but kind of want to get a weekly you know, catch-up podcast, this is great. This is what we're here for. All right, our first topic of the day is stable coins. So the news coming out this week is that, first of all, Tether apparently has a new banking partner in the Caribbean, which is okay and will allow people to and will allow it to resume activity and people to actually get their money. So the news is that the dominance is down to about 86%, which is the lowest it's been in three years. And the reason for that is that there's a lot of regulated stable coins that are taking its place. And regulated stable coins you can guarantee that they are indeed backed the way they say they are, which isn't the case for Tether. So Paxos is leading the pack. It's got Gemini and Circle, you know, at its heels. Paxos has doubled the circulating supply in the last week. So all the mess with Tether kind of losing the peg and not holding it is really helping other coins and, you know, to take its place and to challenge it. So you see it in the dominance that is down and you see it in more circulating supply from other coins. Uh, what also happened from, you know, it's Huobi and OKX, two of the largest exchanges by volume, have listed all regulated stable coins. So they're giving investors an alternative means to use stable coin and not necessarily to be stuck with Tether if you don't want to. So regulated stablecoin becoming more prominent is, is, of course, hurting Tether. Now, we could have a discussion regarding are regulated stablecoins a good thing or not, because, you know, if you can limit someone's access to that stablecoin, you know, it for a lot of people, it kind of defies what crypto was born to do. But, you know, the best case scenario would be a, an unregulated stablecoin that we could know actually has the assets backed. But that seems impossible. So right now, you know, the, the compromise that has been found has been to, you know, kind of go towards regulated stable coins, even though they have this kind of disadvantage that you can't you can't really censor people and limit their access to it. 
So that's for stable coins. I mean, we'll continue. I mean, Tether right now is trading for about 97 cents on the dollar, which is a lot higher than what it traded for. I think it traded around 85, $85, 85 cents on the dollar. So that was really low for an asset that is supposedly backed one by one. So it's back up a little bit. Uh, my take on it is that there's so much money in Tether. And I know that, you know, exchanges like Binance and, and a lot of people hold hundreds of million in Tether. So, I mean, those people have all the incentives to make an effort to bring the price back up because they hold so much of it. So, you know, anytime something is worth billions of dollars, it, it won't go down that easily because if it's worth bi billions of dollars, it means that some people hold it for billions of dollars. And if it goes poof, then, you know, their entire investment does that and they won't be interested in that. So money will, you know, just because it's crypto, money will still, you know, fight to re remain dominant and money will still fight to keep the money. So big whales and, and people like that, just because we're in crypto land, it doesn't make any difference. You know, it's just human nature to want to keep your capital and then fighting for keeping what you feel is yours. So that's what is happening with stable coins today. So, yeah, well, I think this will, you know, keep being a topic on the podcast. And I definitely see us talking about it, you know, next week and the week after that, because it's, it's really dominating, you know, the crypto headlines. And, and it's very important for the ecosystem. And, and this is why it keeps being on the news. But anyway, yeah, this is for the stablecoin. They've been listed on two major exchanges. Uh, regulated coins are, you know, taking hold. And, and, and Tether dominance is down, which I honestly believe it's a good thing. But uh, yeah, we'll see. So that's regarding stablecoins. All right, up to our second topic of the day. Fidelity is launching a new crypto custody and institutional brokerage offering with a brand new business. So it's Fidelity Digital Assets. You can find them on Twitter. The platform is set to launch in 2019 and everyone is pretty excited about it because Fidelity is one of the biggest players getting involved in the crypto market today. And while, you know, Coinbase is trying custody solutions and everything, but Coinbase is still majorly a cryptocurrency player. So people from outside the industry aren't necessarily familiar or don't necessarily trust Coinbase. Whereas Fidelity, you know, they have trillions on their management. They're huge. And a lot of people know them. And that's why there's a lot of excitement in the crypto community as a sign that, you know, here the institutional money is coming and Bitcoin is coming. Now, does that mean that the institutional money is coming? The answer is, of course, not necessarily. And, you know, just the fact that we see businesses that are starting to cater for institutional, of course, that I believe Fidelity has actually done homework and has actually checked that there will be demand for the case. But Fidelity, at the end of the day, is not is a business and they're trying to make money out of crypto. So that's one thing to remember that, you know, they're not in it for the benefit or of the community. They're not in it for, you know, the benefit of the ecosystem. They don't necessarily even believe in cryptocurrencies. One thing that's for sure is that they believe that they will have the ability to make money out of being a custodian of crypto for large institutions, which, again, is respectable. And if it actually happens, definitely bullish for the industry, you know, for Bitcoin and for the entire ecosystem. But you know, I think that the excitement that I've seen, at least 
on Twitter and on different platforms has been maybe, you know, maybe a little overstated and people got, you know, may have gotten carried away a little bit thinking that, you know, here it is, here it comes. And, you know, it might, it might come, no doubt. I think that there's a lot of platforms right now that are working on getting institutional money into crypto, but there's still, you know, absolutely no guarantee that it will happen. So uh, Bitcoin's price hasn't reacted to the news. So, you know, not entirely sure what to make of that. I mean, I know that Bitcoin doesn't necessarily behave rationally or according to news. And usually, you know, the price action dictates the narrative. So when Bitcoin drops, you know, we find a reason. And when it goes up, we know we find a reason. But this uh, this this gathered this gathered absolutely no release, no reaction from Bitcoin. So it'll be interesting. The market, you know, doesn't seem to price it in at all. So it's very interesting in that regard as well. Uh, right. So Fidelity, again, you know, it's a it's a great it's a great platform. It's a big, big, big financial powerhouse. And it's definitely excited that they're coming into crypto and that they see it as a worthy business, even though they're in it to make money. Just the fact that they think that they can make money out of it is very exciting for everyone. So, yeah, that's uh, that's good news for from Fidelity. Definitely. Our next big news this week comes from Coinbase. So Coinbase is one of the biggest exchanges. It operates out of the U.S., so that's part of where their importance come from. Uh, so until now, Coinbase actually had five coins listed on it. So we're talking BTC, ETH, so Bitcoin and Ethereum, uh, BCH, so Bitcoin Cash, LTC, Litecoin, and Ethereum Classic, ETC. That's all they had so far. And they're all, you know, most of the bigger coins that this world has to offer and in a pretty surprising move for many they now added uh, ZRX which is the native token of the 0x protocol now I won't go you know too much into depth on what is the 0x protocol because that could be you know a video or an entire podcast but what I will say is that to many to many that listing on coinbase raised you know an eyebrow and a lot of us are you know not exactly sure why they did it but there's a few speculations so first of all zrx is is a small coin relative to what has been on coinbase so far and we're talking not even top 25 right and when you look at you know bitcoin or ethereum you know it kind of makes sense if you have if you list only five coins Bitcoin and Ethereum will definitely be part of it. But if you list six coins, you know, ZRX, the zero a the zero X protocol is, is probably not one of those six coins that you're going to list. And, you know, and, and without even digging too deep, you know, that Coinbase has ties to the, to the, to the zero X protocol. So one of the co one of the co-founders of Coinbase is an advisor. To the zero x protocol project um so you know obviously you can understand why that's beneficial to them right because the coin itself zero x jumped about 20 percent on the day so that's one move by a company that has ties with another company and up the project jumped 20 percent in a day now that maybe in itself is not too impressive and you could say that you know it's something that happens but the litecoin listing 
you know, Charlie Lee, the founder of Litecoin, also worked for Coinbase. So that's, you know, that's another kind of layer of, you know, insider, maybe knowledge or, you know, so, some connections that have made things happen where maybe they wouldn't naturally happen. And of course, when they listed, when Coinbase listed BCH, Bitcoin Cash, uh, there was strong suspicion of insider trading and the price actually spiked on the day and Coinbase had to stop the trading. And I think that on the day, it rose maybe 50% on the day of the rise. So on the day of the listing. So obviously, if you know that a coin is going to get listed on Coinbase, odds are that someone is going to, you know, make major money off of it. And I think that, you know, this is why every time a new coin is listed on Coinbase, people are really looking to see what is the ulterior motive and why are people, you know, why, why did that coin get listed? Now, if it was, again, a top five, six cryptocurrency, I think most people would be okay with it. But just the fact that they chose, you know, such a relatively small coin that even, you know, the co-founder of ZRX, of the product of the ZeroX protocol, actually tweeted out that it's a highly experimental technology built on top of a highly experimental technology. So the co-founder itself, you know, tells you, listen, this project is anything but safe. You know, we're still very experimenting with things. We still don't know what's going to happen. And so that's why this listing on Coinbase is weird to me and a lot of other people. You know, they, they could have picked a more established project. They could have picked a bigger project. But, you know, the listing of specifically the Zero X protocol, you know, really smells like, you know, insider connection. And, you know, let's prop up the value of whatever coins we hold or whatever. So... I know that a lot of people in the community didn't appreciate that too much. But I guess, you know, you're dealing with a major company that has interest and the people that work at the company have interest. And, and you know, the, the interests will always dictate what a person will do. You know, people will always try at the end to serve their own interests. So, and I think that this is like a perfect example of it. So, yeah, so they're listing the ZeroX protocol. Hopefully the protocol does well and people that end up investing in it because it's accessible or Coinbase don't lose too much money. Um, I'm really hopeful that it does because it sounds, you know, it sounds like an interesting project. Um, but, you know, it's it's kind of the news that, you know, sometimes you're like, hmm, did you really need to do that? Uh, was that really necessary? And, and what what are your true motives? And I think in this case, to be honest, they're, they're pretty obvious without even asking anyone. So, uh, yeah, that's that. That's... Uh, a little uh we had positive news with uh, positive news with fidelity earlier uh now we're going maybe into skepticism mode for uh for this news bit but i guess you need you need some of both to, to actually get a good viewpoint and understand how things run so yeah that's it for coinbase listing listing the zero x protocol and uh, let's move on all right and our last item of the day i think this podcast is going to be a little shorter than the earlier ones because you know being in Korea right now and having a conference and a lot of meetings it you know I still wanted to do a podcast but obviously you know it won't be as long and maybe won't cover as much thing although I think we've have we had like four topics today so I think for a week you know that's that's pretty decent that's pretty decent so I, you know I, I'm still gonna be happy with it even though it wasn't exactly like I planned on but okay so to get really to our fourth and last topic so uh, the, the SEC, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, 
is launching a portal called FinHub. Now, this FinHub portal is supposed to bring the SEC services to a single access point and let people from blockchain and AI's company to be able to communicate with the SEC and the public. So companies will actually be able to request meetings or assistance related to fintech issues from the SEC. Now, the SEC has been wildly criticized over the past year for not taking initiative regarding, you know, their, their, their stance was really unclear. And although they rejected the Bitcoin ETF, you know, people felt that they, they were missing a lot in communications over like the ICO phenomenon. And, you know, and, and people weren't, you know, people criticized the way they handled it. And I think that, you know, opening the door f to fintech companies and telling them, listen, if you want, you know, if you want, your, if you want our help and you want to do things right, you know, here's an address. Call us. Let's meet. Now, I'm not sure what the time frames will be. And obviously, if you can request a meeting with the SEC and they grant you that meeting in two years, then they haven't done anything. But hopefully the time frames will be fintech time frames. And hopefully the SEC understands that, you know, this kind of things move fast. And if you don't move fast, someone will. So hopefully, you know, people that want to get regulated won't necessarily suffer from this drawback of having to deal with the SEC. And hopefully the SEC is kind of opening a new page and, and letting people come and talk to it and try to figure out what's the best way to do things within the law. You know, a lot of times companies start over and, you know, they're like, okay, so I'm going to be on a gray area. And, and, you know, you can see a lot of companies that have been doing that over the years where they start in a legal gray area and then they just hope to make enough money and fast enough before the SEC is actually onto them and then move away from that gray area and move to like a better, more regulated area where the SEC won't necessarily chase them for what they did, especially if they manage to make enough money to, you know, have good lawyers and make it hell for the SEC anyway. So kind of it's kind of move fast, break things and get rich enough, you know, to get the SEC off your back should you need to. So, you know, I'm including this. You know, I don't think that a lot of people would consider it one of the biggest news of the week. But for me, it's it's really important. And it shows that, you know, a lot of people also have been saying that if the U.S. won't move fast enough, then Asia, you know, people in Asia will. And people are saying that the USA has been left behind and everything that regards technology. And, and I think that this is not necessarily true. And here is a prime example of it. And here is how, you know, the, the regulator is trying to come forward and to help bring this environment, blockchain and AI forward, but within the law while protecting investors. So I think that if the SEC moves, you know, fast enough, this could be a very, very well done step on, from the, on their part. And they'll also be able to say afterward, listen, we offered you our assistance. Like if you wanted to come and actually do this properly, you could have called us, but you didn't. So here's your bill and we're shutting you down. So this also kind of gives it, you know, you don't have the benefit of the doubt anymore. And now the DSEC is kind of opening the door and you can't really say, I didn't know, you know, you could have called, we could have met and figured it out. So I think this is a great step because, you know, the, the crypto world has been really the wild, wild west over the past, you know, and not necessarily in the U.S., but in a lot of places. 
but and and you know it advanced technology yes we've done a few things well yes but a lot of people lost a lot of money and and this is definitely smart for the regulator to get involved and hopefully they do it at a fintech pace again because this will make or break this initiative so if they do it'll be great you know there'll be more security for everyone uh regulation that moves fast you know sometimes regulation is needed and if it moves fast then it's even better so uh, yeah that's it so this is the end of the podcast uh this was a podcast from korea and south korea in seoul which i've been spending the past 24 hours in uh tomorrow there's the korea blockchain expo hosted by han kyung and deloitte and it'll be my pleasure to speak there about the real life applications of blockchain technology which i'll be happy to maybe have a podcast on at some point um yeah that's that's about it that's about it uh if anyone is in korea wants to meet definitely hit me up on twitter at clem tibo so you can probably see in the description how to spell that because i won't bother with it right now but uh, that's it so i'm sorry that this podcast is live on a monday i obviously planned it to go on the sunday but with the flights and my charger didn't fit the electricity here and you know it was a mess so i hope that you enjoyed this podcast And uh, we'll see you next week. All right, have a good one.